0: This is the first time we've had our youth rally here uh, in the Grand Marais Ballroom. Uh, The men uh, and young men have been meeting here for our men's conference for uh, the past three years. And we uh, really have enjoyed uh, the move over here. And the last year, after so many years of stuffing our small church full, Uh, I just felt like it would be best that we go ahead and move our youth rally over here. And I don't know exactly how many we have, but we have 350 chairs out before service began, and we've already added chairs. So we have close to 375, 400 people here. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. And uh, this year, this year we had to move our youth rally to the end of April. We normally do it the first weekend of May I want you to know our intentions are next year to continue on our schedule and, and have the rally in May. Uh, and, but because we moved it up, uh, we did conflict with two or three other meetings that are going on. So I didn't know exactly how many would be here tonight, but there is a great show in here tonight. And you know what? You've brought a wonderful attitude and a great spirit of praise and worship God bless you. It's good to see such wonderful young people that are in love with God and are interested in God's will in their lives. We're glad you're here tonight. Thank you for being here. All of the pastors who are here, those that are not able to be here due to other circumstances and responsibilities, uh, if you your pastor allowed you to be here tonight, we give him honor tonight. And all of the pastors that are present in this place, we give you honor tonight. Thank you for being here, being a part of this meeting. And uh, as we were in our youth rally last year, I've never done this before. We always have a different speaker for our youth rally. But uh, at the end of the youth rally last year, I just felt like we should have Brother Nathan Holmes come back and preach for us again this year. And so I've been so looking forward to it. We were really, really blessed uh, by the ministry. Uh, of brother holmes last year and so i've been looking forward to him coming back and being with us this year I'm, so glad the lord made it possible. Thank you for being here brother holmes We're looking forward to what the lord is going to speak through you to our hearts tonight How many is ready to receive the word of the lord? Praise god Praise god Praise god Amen I remember writing a quote down while you were preaching last year and if you if if you go in my office, I got little yellow sticky notes all over one of my walls, and uh, I got a quote on there by you <laughs> and uh, the Lord just really uh, blessed our local uh, congregation uh, in the uh, youth rally last year and i I want to say before I bring Brother Holmes to this pulpit that I really 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 appreciate all of the young people of our church. we have some wonderful young people we have a a, a large group of uh, pre-teens And uh, we don't have a whole lot of teenagers right now It's like we had a group just Grow up, and get married and, and we're having to start all over again But I'm glad we got something to start with And I want all of our young people to know We love you and we appreciate you very much And uh, we're thankful for all that you are To the First Pentecostal Church of Jennings <laughs> Amen Brother Holmes, we love you We appreciate you Come obey the Lord Preach the Word of God to us Everybody say in Jesus' name Amen. Come on, let's give God praise.
1: Hallelujah. I don't think I need that. Hallelujah. It really is an honor to be here tonight, and I do not count it lightly, and actually at the beginning of the year I began to pray about this meeting, uh, that the Lord would speak to us and that He could use my feeble words. To minister to the hearts and the lives of each one of you here tonight. I give honor to our good pastor, Brother Townley. We love and appreciate Brother Townley, his wife and their family, and of course, give honor to all the ministry that's here, pastors and youth leaders and preachers of the gospel. We thank God for each one of you tonight. Hallelujah. I want to draw your attention to a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm chapter 23, Psalm 23, hallelujah, in fact, I would imagine if you grew up in church, you probably could quote it from memory, but we'll read it tonight. And we're going to read verse number 5. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I said I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Now, I, I left a deluge when I left Little Rock. It was pouring rain. Um, it was just uh, flash floods. Drove six hours and whatever minutes to come have church with everybody in here tonight. I didn't come for you to look at me. I didn't come for you to decide if I'm a good preacher or a bad preacher. (laughs) That decision's already been made. But I did come to preach the Word of of the Lord and to see God do something mighty in this place tonight. Now, if you just came to have a social gathering and and get with everybody and and talk about uh, your new clothes and, and what happened at school and college and all of that, you're going to be sadly disappointed. But I believe there's some people in this room tonight that you've come ready to receive something from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on. I want us to put our hands together like thunder. Come on. Come on. Put your hands together like thunder. Now I want you to put your mouth with it like a trumpet. Lift your voice to God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah! 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 Psalm 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I'm going to read it again. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I just want to preach for a little bit a banquet. In the face of your enemy. A banquet in the face of your enemy. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight. We need your anointing, God. I pray that you would allow me to preach your word tonight. Oh God, fill this feeble clay vessel up with your anointing, God. Anoint this congregation. Every young man, every young lady, God, let them hear your word tonight, God. Lord, charge our faith increase our faith lord i pray tonight you would let every one of these young people leave full of the holy ghost with the determination to live for you in jesus name i pray hallelujah now if you're going to help me i want you to give god praise come on if you're going to help me give him praise hallelujah 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 you may be seated God's desire for His people is to feast, not live in famine. To be victorious, not to live in defeat. It is not the will of God for you to starve to death as a prisoner of war. My late grandfather, Bishop A.O. Holmes, used to quote this verse very often Deuteronomy 28 and 13, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. I've come to tell a young man, a young lady here tonight God's intention for you is to be the head and not the tail. I'm I'm just sorry. I reject the idea that we're the people on the backside of the tracks. I believe it's God's will for His people to be at the front, to be at the top. Hallelujah. We're not the weirdos in this world. Well, we're sure not confused about which restroom to use. I said, we're not the weirdos in this place. I want
2: you to know every young person that's apostolic, that's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God wants you to be at the top. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to feast. He wants you to go and do exploits.
1: Oh, you ought to give God praise if you believe that. Oh, I understand. I understand. The devil wants to back you in a corner. He wants to duct tape your mouth. He wants to put you down and intimidate you in your school and in your college and even sometimes in the church. But it's not God's will for you to be intimidated. It's not God's will for you to feel backward. It's God's will for you to go forth in victory. Hallelujah. I want to say it again. It's the will of God for you to feast, not to starve to death. It's the will of God for you to be victorious. Oh, hallelujah. Not to live in defeat. Sure, we have enemies. The psalmist knew a thing or two about enemies. His own brothers scoffed and mocked him and tried to dissuade him from going up against Goliath. When King King Saul saw this young Judean shepherd, he immediately tried to compensate for his lacking by offering him his own armor. David wasn't even sure who his enemy was when he stood there in the valley. He wasn't sure if it was the Israelites or if it was the Philistines. And when David had a victory in the valley of Elah, hallelujah, it signed him up for being Israel's most celebrated, wanted man. Understand, the narcissistic king of Israel, swallowed up by jealousy, chased after David like a hunter chases down an animal. He was the most wanted man in all of Israel. He said, I'm like a dead dog. I'm like a flea. In fact, I am like tongue I am nobody another why are you chasing me? you understand tonight that David understood that what it meant to have an enemy the list of the psalmist's enemies is quite extensive King Saul the Philistines the Moabites the Edomites the Jebusites and about every other ite you can think of here's Became his enemies. Absalom. Adonijah. Ammon. All of these were his enemies. The list could go on and on. The Apostle Paul had enemies too. He had Alexander the coppersmith. The Sanhedrin was after him. The rulers of the various synagogues tried to capture the Apostle Paul. Even the Roman magistrates and rulers were enemies of the Apostle Paul. He escaped some incidents once by getting in a basket and being let down from the city walls. Other times, Paul endured beatings and spent nights in prison. He even reminded one cruel enemy that he was in fact a Roman citizen. The point I'm trying to make tonight is he had enemies. And whether or not you like it, you have enemies too. Maybe it's the bully at school. Maybe it's the professor that is standing behind the lectern. Maybe it's a, it's an enemy that's inside your brain that's, that's messing with your thinking. But I want you to know that one of our main enemies tonight is the devil, the enemy of your soul. Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeing whom he may devour you see i said every one of us has an enemy whether we re- want to or not and whether we realize it or not if you've been filled with the spirit of god Hallelujah, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. You have an enemy. You have an enemy. His name is Satan. He's the devil. He's the father of all lies. He is out to get you. He is roaring. He is walking. He is looking in order to devour you. That's just the cold hard facts. You have an enemy. He doesn't want to see you sit on an apostolic pew and be saved. He doesn't want to see you keep your virginity. He doesn't want to see you, young lady, keep your hair long and godly. He loves it when the apostolic church begins to let up and change some things and and don't require the same things that they used to require. Why? Because He is our enemy. You don't ever need to forget that the devil is out to get you. You can't play games with him. You can't negotiate with him. You can't reason with the devil. He's your enemy. But I want to tell every child of God in this place tonight, you don't need to lose sleep. You don't need to be fearful. You don't need to be scared to death. You don't need to be intimidated by the devil and all of his weapons because I want you to know no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise in against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn wish i had somebody to help me tonight i said no weapon no weapon there isn't one attack that the enemy can throw at you that will defeat you if you've got the holy ghost you've got power over every enemy somebody needs to shout come on come on lift your voice up come on
2: shout shout I've come
1: all the way here to preach to you and to tell you that your enemy shall not triumph over you. Hallelujah. The enemy will not triumph. The enemy will not prevail. Psalm 41, verse 11, By this I know that thou favorest me because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. I know God you favor me because even though my enemy looks ominous even though my enemy is salivating, even though my enemy is on my tracks and he's roaring and he's trying to make me fearful, I understand that because I have divine favor, you're not going to let my enemy triumph over me. Oh, young man, I've come to preach to you tonight. Young lady, I've come to preach to you tonight and tell you, no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. When you've got power inside of you, when you've got the
2: Holy Ghost inside of you, greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world.
1: Greater. Somebody needs to shout it. Come on, somebody needs to lift their voice and say it. Greater. Come on, say it like you believe it. Greater is He that's in me and that's in you than He that's in the world. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be unto God. I always call it, Oh, I may get knocked down. I may make a mistake. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to fight another round and I am going to be victorious over the enemy. I'm going to tell you, there's not one person in this room that's above making a failure and making a mistake and sinning. We're all sinners. But I want to tell you the difference is when you say, you know what? I may have messed up, but I'm going to find my way to an altar. I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn from my sin and I'm going to get back up. I'm going to dust the dirt off my britches and I'm going to rise again because I understand that no enemy will triumph over me. It's the will of God for you to be victorious. I tell you, I must reiterate what I said earlier. It's not the will of God for you to live in famine and defeat. You see, people that are defeated live in famine. When you study human history, you understand it was the people who lived inside walled cities that were cut off, that died of starvation. It's not the will of God for apostolics to be anemic. It's not the will of God for apostolics to be anorexic. It's not the will of God for you to starve to death on a Pentecostal pew. It's the will of God for you to feast every time you come to church. I just got a question for you. Have you pulled your chair up to the table? Have you picked up the fork? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feasting is found throughout the Scriptures. It was Yahweh that instituted feasting. The Israelites were to take time, three different times of the year for feasting. It was the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover commemorating the exodus of Israel from the land of Egypt. The Feast of Weeks was a time of commemoration over the wheat harvest. It was a period from Passover to Pentecost. And finally, the third feast time was the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. Commemorating God's provision while Israel was in the wilderness. God instituted feasting. I'm going to say it again. God instituted feasting. And he commanded, he was serious about it. He gave detailed instructions for how they should operate and and conduct these feasts. He wanted his people to know what it was like to have plenty to eat. Because he was God Almighty. Think about it. Joseph became great in the eyes of Pharaoh and second in command because of his God-given dream to prepare a feast during seven years of famine, he 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 became number two in charge because he figured out a way. He 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 devised a way so that the Egyptians would be able to feast even during the famine, and he was made a great man. You cannot separate Jesus from feasting. The launching of Jesus's ministry was at. A marriage feast in Cana. It was there he turned water into wine. The Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, the scripture says, for his feasting with sinners and publicans. They had a problem with Jesus and his disciples having a good time eating and enjoying their fellowship. In the fifth chapter of the book of Luke, the same grumbling group of Pharisees and scribes scolded Jesus and his disciples. Even bringing up that John's disciples fasted. and They scolded Jesus for feasting rather than fasting. And even went so far as to call Jesus a glutton. I'm here to tell every young man, every young lady, it's the will of God for you to feast. It was on Pentecost, the culmination of a feasting festival, that the Holy Ghost was poured out in the Jerusalem upper room. Feasting is characteristic of the early church. In Acts 2 and 46, it's just a few verses away from where we learn how to be saved. The Bible says, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Throughout the New Testament, we read, where the saints feasted together. I and mean, if you're anorexic or you don't have much of an appetite, you're not going to enjoy heaven too much. Because my Bible tells me in Revelation 19, and he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. In fact, Jesus, He wants to feast with you. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Hallelujah. You're talking about an event planner. Our God is the greatest event planner ever. I love what Isaiah said. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food. A feast of well-aged wines. Of rich food filled with marrow. Of a well-aged wine strained clear on this mountain God's going to throw a lavish banquet, one translation says. And finally, we come to our text. Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I want to share this verse and a few other uh, translations here tonight. You prepare a feast before me in plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Thou arrangest before me a table over against my adversaries. Thou hast anointed me with oil. My cup is full. You prepare a banquet for me while my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I like this one. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup brims with blessings. I want you to know tonight, young person, right in the face of your adversary, right in the face of the devil, right in the face of the naysayers, God wants to spread a banquet table for you. Right in front of their face. God wants to show you His power. And His protection. And His provision. I think it was the Wild West where the cowboy, he sat with his back against the wall. My grandpa did that. But let me tell you something. When God's preparing a banquet for you, it doesn't matter where you're sitting. You may be in the middle of a bunch of God-haters, but when God gets ready to spread a banquet for you, friend, you can eat in ease because when God does it, He takes care of the security too. I tell you, God will prepare a banquet. You may not understand it, you may not realize, how is this working? Here I am. My enemy is all around me. I've got trouble and I've got issues going on in my life and, and all of these things. But here I am in church and the Holy Ghost begins to fall on me and I, I feel myself filling up with the anointing and God lets a preacher come and preach behind the, the pulpit and he begins to preach the word of God and you feel yourself ingesting the word and before you know it you may have come in with a downtrodden attitude. Give me that chair right there, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody needs to shout glory. glory. Come on, shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. I need a young man. Come sit right here for me. I'm talking about when God prepares a banquet for you. Can I get two guys to give me the, that table right over there? Come on, give me that table. Hallelujah. When God prepares a banquet, your enemy may be right around you. They may be looking over you. They may be wondering what's going on. What's going on? We can't wait to get to him. We can't wait to indoctrinate him. We can't wait to tell him that this thing is not real and it doesn't work. and, And his pastor's old fogey and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But I want to tell you, right in the face of the enemy, God will set up a banquet for you. Now, I'm not God, but let's just pretend for a moment. I need some guys to come up here. You're going to be the devil and the enemy. Come on. Two or three of you, get up here. Hallelujah. Right in the face of the enemy, God takes out the cloth tablecloth. He makes it. He spreads the table. He doesn't let the angel do it. He doesn't let a servant do it for you. The Bible says God prepares the banquet table. He, he pulls out the white napkin. He puts it in your neck. He brings out the fine china and the goblet. He's the one that brings the silverware. It's God preparing a banquet right in the face of your enemy. This is still pretty hot. This is a steak. This steak is from that awesome place right across from our hotel. I'm telling you Right in the face of your trouble With everybody looking on Saying I can't wait Can't wait to destroy him with the lies of evolution I can't wait I can't wait to get a hold of him I've got a young girl that's promiscuous And I can't wait to tempt him Right in the face of your enemy God just goes ahead And throws a full scale banquet For you Come on, pick up your fork, it's okay Go ahead, slice into that steak Take a little bit of that steak And God doesn't just give you a little bit to drink He doesn't just pour your cup half empty Or half full but the Bible says that he pours your cup. It's full and it's running over. I want to know tonight how many in this place are ready for God
2: to put a banquet on right in front of your enemy. Let me let me let me
1: read a scripture to you tonight. Psalm 78 verse number 19. This is what it says. God, can God spread a table in the wilderness? Can God spread a table in the wilderness? I'm gonna just say that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. I know they say there's no dumb questions, but that one's dumb. Can God spread a table? in the wilderness can God make the sun rise in the east can God keep your feet on this planet earth with gravity can God put air in your lungs and make them breathe I'm here to tell you tonight God can do anything he's able to prepare a banquet right in the face of your wilderness right in the face of your enemy. Come on, you ain't eating enough. Come on, it's yours. Come on, right in the face of your enemy. Young lady, young man, you're dealing with temptation. You're dealing with peer pressure. You're dealing with the devil talking in your ear. I'm here to tell you tonight, tonight is your night to let God put a banquet spread right in front of you. Tonight is your night for you to leave out of this room saying, whoo, I'm pretty full. I don't know if I can even walk it to the car or not. I'm so full. Tonight's
2: a night for you to leave this place full and running over. Come on,
1: come to the music. I want every young man, every young woman, women on this side, men on this side. I want you to come to this front as quick as you can. Come on, won't you take a bite of that? Come on, come on. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's the will of God for you to have a banquet tonight. It's the will of God for you not to, to starve to death. It's the will of God for you not to be in a famine. It's the will of God
2: for you to be full and go over. Come on. He's able.
1: He's able. He's able, He's able, He's able. Come on now. What I'm asking you to do is lift your hands up. Don't worry about me anymore. Now's your opportunity. Now's your chance. Come on, get your hands up.
2: Get your eyes closed. Get your mouth open. Let God fill it with the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You're about to starve to death some of you look like you haven't eaten in days some of you look anemic a few of you look anorexic tonight's the night get your belly full come on get your belly full get full get full come on you've not just come to another youth service you've not just come to another youth rally You've come to a banquet. God wants to spread a banquet in front of you. It's time for you to leave speaking in tongues.
1: To Jesus. Come on. Right now, I want everybody in this room close your eyes and you focus in on Jesus. Let God fill you full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's not the will of God for you to leave this place lukewarm. It's not the will of God for you to leave this place hungry. It's the will of God for you to be full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, right now, as they begin to sing, I want you to press in a little more.
2: Come on. with somebody and worship the Lord right now together. Come on, join with somebody.